This episode is brought to you by Epi Almavai and Tisha Inc. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture. Okay. Fuck, marry, kill. Your worst enemy, your mom's supervisor, your best friend's ex. Again, fuck, marry, kill. Would you rather fuck your worst enemy, marry your mom's supervisor, or kill your best friend's ex? Not in that order, but just marry, fuck, kill. Out of those three, who would you marry, fuck, kill? Worst enemy, mom's supervisor, or best friend's ex? Take your time. Take your time. While I sip on my mimosa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of stuck because I'm thinking about like, okay, who are all those people? This one you got to take some time, so go ahead and... Okay, my mom's supervisor, uh, my worst enemy, Mm -hmm. and... Your best friend's ex. My best friend's ex. I would kill my best friend's ex. (laughs) Okay. I would marry my mom's supervisor. Wow. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd fuck my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him real good. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's interesting. I mean, you know, I do it for the homie. I got to kill that motherfucker. It'll, it'll mess up your relationship with your mom if you have with. with her supervisor and well, this is just hypothetical. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, nah. I mean, none of that, think. none of that. <laughs> this is, <ew>. this is <laughs> like really, my yeah. mom's supervisor, baby, baby girl, LM five. No can do, Jeez. but because I'm stuck with no, <laughs> no other options. Yeah, I'm gonna no greater. Hey, I'm married. I'm married that motherfucker because we just gonna keep getting this money. Hey, I can you you'd really fuck your worst enemy? Yeah. Just like stick it to him. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, then maybe we'll be cool after. Or maybe That's true. Somebody might Is that makeup sex? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> hmm. Well, because I definitely wouldn't want to fuck my best friend's ex. Yeah. That's, that's not my that's not my steez. Real no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What David? about you, D? I would go. I would fuck my mom's supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, because that means I mean he got money. He's a supervisor, <laughs> <laughs> right? Gold digger. <laughs> Oh, you uh, out for the bag bag. Okay. <laughs> Trying to secure all the bags. And the tea bag. <laughs> okay. Fuck your mom's supervisor. Marry my worst enemy. Unbelievable. Oh. Please. I'm usually in a dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> okay. It only makes sense. Okay. <laughs> and I would kill my best friend's ex. Mmm, the loyalty. Hey, <laughs> it's important to me. Yeah, I value that. How about yeah. you, partner? Um, okay. So I would kill 
my mom's supervisor because when my mom never had a job, so it was basically my dad that was her supervisor. <laughs> you gonna kill your daddy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This, two, I ain't trying three. to marry my dad or fuck my dad. <laughs> oh, my dad, oh, you go oh. R.I.P. Okay, okay, go. Okay, okay. Plus, my mama is in heaven. You need to go see her. <laughs> She's waiting for you. <laughs> um. So yeah, that got checked off quick. Um. Gosh. I would, yeah, I would fuck my best friend's ex and marry wow. my worst enemy. Scandalous. I know. Well, I, look at the two. Look Shady. At the look at the Well, I knew you had it in you, girl. Listen, I think my best friend would be more upset if I was married to her ex than if I was, if I fuck her ex, you know? Mm. I'm sure she can be like, I'm done, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I I kind of was stuck between that because I ain't like I said I ain't marrying or fucking my dad. <laughs> it just don't go that way. Not and I'm, I mean I know it may happen no. in other cultures, but just not in me. No. The same no, no Game no, of no Thrones. No disrespect to everybody. Who, yeah, no disrespect to anybody who gets down like that. But that just don't. That's uh. Uh-uh. Uh yes, disrespect to people who get down <laughs> hey. like that. No, don't do that. <laughs> Baby girl, you gotta stop right there. Let's move on. <laughs> stop right there. Okay. So I have a, I have a, would you rather, I'm going to try my best at this. Because you know, partner, you're, you're usually the one who comes with the good shit. <clears throat> the nasty I'm going to try to come with some fuckery real quick. <laughs> In that same vein of uh, murder, fuck, kill. Mm-hmm. So last week we, you know, it was defined pretty vulgarly what top, bottom, and verses, right? Mm. So just to recap, top, you're the giver. Bottom, you're the receiver. And verse, you flip flop, you take turns. <laughs> I know that this is this is the language for like men, right? Yeah. I mean, is this the same for women well, in the queer community? Like, is there? The, yeah, it is. There's top mm-hmm. bottom verse. I mean, I don't I don't think we use those that language that those terms like top bottom, but there is the giver and the receiver mm-hmm. when it comes uh-huh. to like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Okay. I so should, I should, we should we should go around and say who. So what are you? <laughs> nah. <laughs> hey, see you soon. See you soon. Baby girl. One more mimosa. How you like it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in that same vein of murder, fuck, kill, I'm gonna say top, bottom, or ver- top, bottom verse. Um. Jason Momoa, Idris Elba, mm. and Jon Snow. Mm. Sorry, Bex, you know, I only think of the fellas. Just the name Idris, (laughs) baby boy. So which one would you top, which one would you bottom, and which one would you verse? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can you you define verse one more time? Verse is you take turns giving. Okay, got it. It's like giving and receiving, you do both. I like it, okay. Yeah. So, Jason Momoa, I would... Bottom. <laughs> yeah, Chee Chee. Well, I'll some back. <laughs> I don't want to walk right after. Oh, man. Yeah, you, you don't want to walk right after. We just the name of the episode. Jason Momoa, blow out that bag. <laughs> okay. all my plans. Out okay. <laughs> Take a vacation because you're going to need some time to heal. <laughs> okay, bottom, with, bottom for Jason Momoa. I would top. Idris, and I would be versatile with um, Jon Snow. Okay. Ooh. 
It's getting a little hot in here. Oh, <laughs> warm up in her. Let me, let me rub up that fan. <laughs> what about you, partner? Hmm. Sorry, I gave you all the means. It's okay. I'll fuck with some D. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would bottom Jason Momoa too. Yeah, the same order. <laughs> the same order. The same order as David. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Hey. Huh. I think I would uh, bottom for Idris Elba. Of course, that was. <laughs> I would verse with Jason Momoa. Mm. And top. John Snow. <laughs> I know. Because right? <laughs> unlike y'all, just want the bottom with Jason Moore. Hey, we could go both ways. <laughs> Baby boy. Baby boy. <laughs> My turn. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cheers before we get into this intro. We got some mimosas over here in the studio. Oh, what it do, Kaipu? This your host, D-Boy. And I'm your host, Bex Bumble. Hey, welcome to For the Cultures, y'all. We have a special episode for y'all. And we have a special guest in the building. Yeah. An avid listener of For the Cultures. Come on. Been a faithful listener since the beginning, been tapping in with us, um, touching base with us, you know, after a lot of episodes, even holding us accountable, mm-hmm. bringing up, um, you know, good points and views. We have That's how no- you know you pay attention. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we have none other than... David Utsuone. Did hey. I pronounce that right, bro? Yeah. David Utsuone in the building, repping San Bernardino. What it do, Kaipu? <laughs> I am David Utsuone, uh, 31, gay male. Uh, preferred gender pronouns, he, him, his. Hey. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> and um, I've been living with HIV AIDS for five years now. Or, yeah, five years. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. We are very blessed and very um, grateful to have you in the studio with yes. us. Um, and thank you for disclosing that and sharing that with us. It's coming to an end. It's the Pride end. Month is coming to <laughs> an the end. The end of what? Pride Month. But you know, it's Pride. <laughs> Week. It's Pride all 365 days Me of the boy. year, right? We got to be prideful of right? where we, um, who we are, stand tall in our identity, and just live our truth, right? And what other way... To celebrate that, then to have our queer folks with us here on this platform, chopping it up. Um, and what's really beautiful is that this interview has been in the works for just a minute because I think it was ever since we were talking about Samoan queer lives. Yeah. Um, David has been really reaching out to us and chopping it up with us. Yeah, that's true. I think you even got to go to um, yeah, Dan's um, book signing in um, at UCR in Riverside. Yeah, UC Riverside. Yeah. Um, and so I think this is like, this is an extension of the book, right? This is an extension of like us talking and highlighting Samoan queer lives, yes, Pacific yeah. Islander queer lives. And so we're just really grateful to have you in this space. Yes. Um, to just share your story, you know, share your story with us, chop it up with us and have you in the building. How has it, how has your trip been, um, here in the Bay Area? Um, it's been good so far besides all the hills I think the Airbnb (laughs) we're at it's like four flights of stairs just to get to the front door (laughs) 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 what the hell is it San Francisco (laughs) now you're in Oakland huh y'all stay in Oakland oh you're in Oakland yeah oh wow I mean but you know the bay just got hills and the hills have what D the hills have eyes (laughs) (laughs) always there's always (laughs) 
And you're out here for um, yeah, Pride? Yeah, for a Pride weekend. Come on. Yeah. Is this so, your first time? Yeah, the San Francisco Pride. But, um, I've been to San Diego, and then I've been to the parking lot of Long Beach. <laughs> 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 I've never been actually inside the <laughs> Pride Festival in Long Beach. But, mm. Yeah, so this should be fun. We went out to the Castro last night. That was How was it? It was crowded, but <laughs> like hella crowded I bet my social anxiety <laughs> oh. that's where you gotta check these bags okay these shots. <laughs> yeah. I throw them back one time <laughs> let loose yeah that's exactly like once I had a few and then um, met a fellow poly while I was out there it was, nice yeah it's always nice to see a familial face <laughs> like, right did he look good? Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> he had some good weeds. So. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a little, a little cuteness too. <laughs> if he didn't have no weed, bro, you got be. <laughs> well, again, it's good to have you with us. Mm. Uh, as we always do, we like to ground ourselves and really center ourselves in this episode. And we always ask our guests to offer up a blessing, prayer, uh, whatever it is you see fit to center us. So. David, would you? Yeah, so um, I have a Rumi quote that Mm. I really like. Um, It's pretty short and to the point. It's just, um, the wound is the place where the light enters you. Mm. Mm. Say that one more time. The wound is the place where the light enters you. Mm. And why is that uh, a favorite quote of yours? I think. What What does that bring up for you? For me, it just, I can identify so well with it because it's just in parts of me that I feel have been like my shortcomings. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about like finding the opportunities in those, um, seeing those as attributes, not not, um, shortcomings. (laughs) Right. Mm. Yeah. The wound. Is the place where the light enters you. Mm. What comes up for you, D-Y, when you hear that? It's like... It's pretty powerful. Yeah, that is. Right? I'm just really sitting with it and thinking about like how so many of us have so many different wounds. Mm. Mm. Um, and how, you know, those scars that we, that we carry from those wounds, right? Like, we try to heal them up or we want to cover them up real quick. But, like, that's where... The light enters us, and, right. and we find strength and s- resilience, right. and and um, acknowledging and and uh, owning our wounds. Nice. Yeah, that is that's very powerful. That's it's it's landing on me like yeah. <laughs> just my like a Tupac slide. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, hey. Yeah, it's hella deep. <laughs> Yeah, I love that, especially with just thinking about like, you know, we all there are, there are moments where we're in dark places, mm. and it feels like it's hard to get out sometimes. And just thinking about like those dark places are where light can yeah shine and no, that's help hot. us help us get out of it, get out of that dark place. What's it? Is it doing anything for you, partner? Yeah, it's doing a lot. <clears throat> and thank you so much, David, for sharing that. I think when I, um, like, the first, because I've heard that mm-hmm. um, at, like, one of these uh, spaces called NAMI that uh, 
I'm sure they have NAMI out there in LA. Um, so yeah, in LA, there's a there's a NAMI. Yeah. And what does NAMI <clears throat> stand for? Uh, what does it stand for? National Association Association Mental, Mental Illness. Illness. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, because when I think of the word wound, I think of like um, just pain. I think of like irritability. I think of just something that cannot be stomached and tolerated, you know, and um, <clears throat> I think a lot of times um, it takes a wound for light to come in, you know, because, yeah. you know, it has to be pain. Like, it has to be not bearable pain, like unbearable pain. And that's what I consider a wound because right now I feel like so many people, and even I myself, have carried so many wounds, but it's been bearable. But when a wound becomes bearable, unbearable that's when light can come in and i feel like i just i just imagine like a wound like like just like a bad wound whether it's a knee wound a neck wound a back wound like any wounds in our body on our bodies if we if that pain is just unbearable that's where we can actually shed light whether we're going to see a doctor whether we're going to go exercise whether we're going to do something about it but he has for me that wound has to be a has to be unbearable and i really love that that because when I when I think of, when I think of wound, I hear like pain that just cannot be, you know, that just can't be tolerated, and sometimes it takes that. Like mm. again, like I come from a place where pain was conditioned to be stomached and tolerated, yeah, and right. suck it up and deal with it, get and, over yeah, it, yeah, don't cry, don't 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 talk back, don't do nothing, don't just stomach it, and yeah. you know it's like I've kind of gained a tolerance for it and just. You know, it was just within the last two years where I'm finally sensitive to wounds. And it's in that where light is actually coming in. And yeah. that's why I really appreciate you for sharing that. Thank you so much. That's that's powerful. I just wanted to uh, put a correction out there. NAMI actually stands for the National Alliance. Oh, National Alliance. On Mental Illness. There you go. Yeah. Thank you for grounding us, David, Thank and you. centering us with that. I'm going to really be thinking about that because, you know, it's just... You Put that on our them, story. Them wounds. <laughs> Baby boy. Baby boy. <laughs> you fucking the motherfucker up. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you. It's really special. Bruh. What's up? Nah, that bruh sounded like I had a... It sounded negative. I'm going to say, bruh. <laughs> bruh. Got some anger. Nah, it's all... It's positive on my end. Yeah. My brother this week is um, my my dearest friend... Bola is in town. Hey. Alice Tulua. Yeah, yeah, I got to uh, meet she, that girl. Yeah, y'all got to meet finally. <laughs> Yo, man, we know we had to come out there and and um, introduce y'all because she wanted to meet you too. Oh man, she's um, but she's my brother this week. It was really good to see her. We got to spend time yesterday. Yeah. She was contracted to come help. CTR though. <laughs> huh? Her CTR. Just, oh, her CTR just... dress. <laughs> she was just missing the badge, <laughs> like like a uh, LDS missionary. Okay, at at, at Tiki Pete's. Baby, baby girl. <laughs> she was the right. <laughs> but yeah, she's my brother this week because we got to spend time. It's been a minute um, since we got to see each other, and so it was really good to just. Be in her presence, and we got to hang out, debrief about a lot of things, and also just have fun and let loose. We yeah. Did, we did a few, um, we hopped from bar to bar. Yeah. Last night, we were at the brewery over there that we went to. Campbell. In Campbell. Hey. And then we went across the street to Aki, 
Did you really? <laughs> we went to Aki Papi. <laughs> <laughs> and then we ended up over there to you, partner over there at Tiki Peaks. Oh, no wonder, because by the time he pulled up to my bar, Very little. Oh, he was on. <laughs> Faded. <laughs> he was baby go bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still saying, two shots of Don Julio. <laughs> baby boy, relax. Oh, my gosh. And thank you for those heavy-handed shots. <laughs> <laughs> I know what kind of drinker you are. <laughs> Yeah, but she's my brand. It was really good to just to be in her presence. And, um, yeah, it's just always good. It's just always good to be with her. So, yeah. Yeah. That's my brand this week. Get to see my my big. Big sis. Big sis. I don't know. You know, my fa- it's my family. It's just, yeah, she's off the hook. I love that girl. So, yeah. What about y'all? How about you, Dave? My bro, uh, I feel weird using that term because I heard it's like Bay Area exclusive. <laughs> oh no, everybody say like, bro, right? <laughs> you could you could do that here, David. Um, would be, you know, we're out here for Pride Weekend. Mm. Uh, me and my twin brother, and I think it'd be the prices of just like door fees. <laughs> I'm like. God at damn. the yeah. at the uh, queer parties, huh? Yeah, they're like sixty five at one that we went to, and I was 65? like, sixty five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, does that come with like a couple drinks? <laughs> right? Do we get a drink ticket? With the bottle? Do we get a personal go go dancer? <laughs> Can a motherfucker shake that shit in my face or what? Maybe <laughs> 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 I'm gonna just put it down. Yeah, fuck that. That's yeah. 65, wow. You know, they're trying to capitalize on the fact that it's pride yeah. and make their money. They know people are going to want to be out. That's true. A lot of out-of-towners mm-hmm. coming in. Yeah, so we're going to have to pregame it um, when we go out tonight. Okay. Like, just show up there and show face. <laughs> You're going to have mm-hmm. to take that, uh, that big purse, that big body karate, <laughs> put them bottles up in there. <laughs> big body karate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my bruh, hold on, let me do it right. Bruh. Mm. That sound like an angry bruh. Let me do it again. Bruh. Yes, there you go. I felt that one. I felt that one. Okay, first of all, my bruh's going to Izzy Fallout. Oh, that oof. That, that little form dong. <laughs> that little formy ding dongy. Okay, what, okay what's he up to all, now? A few weeks ago, I think we I shared this uh, via text, but I sent uh Danny Boy, this text, I was like, this dude made another comeback. He's out here trying to uh, raise funds to help pay off his legal fees. Crowdfunding page. He put together a a crowdfunding page. And he actually had... He has a, a really good support group around him, and they're all coming from the Christian um, community. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones that are really chipping in the big dollars, you know, the big white people dollars, you know. Oh, so that yeah, that white money is really good, honey. So um, I, I think I just read recently that he stopped at one point five uh, million. They kind of put a cap on it. Yeah, they were. He's already there. He hit. He hit 1.5 mil. Bruh. Baby boy, let me say it again. He hit 1.5 mil. Bruh. From the Christians. Well, baby boy, we got some uh, broke Christians out here that need money. Okay, we got some starving Christians. We got some starving starving people. But yeah, we want to support uh, Izzy Folau. And Izzy Folau is still unapologetic. 
this super like standing on standing firm on his faith and like I believe what I believe I shouldn't be judged for I should not have been knocked off for this and that and I'm just like hey boy we all have faith but we don't have to sh- <laughs> we don't have to like share it in that manner and it's right. like, especially We're when you have that platform yeah but he's just acting like a donkey he's he's like I'm I'm following his page low key though I should make a fake Instagram so I can be like <laughs> comment all yeah, like, mean shit just trolling in you wanna fuck <laughs> <laughs> My my finsta will be coming soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I haven't been sitting. That hasn't been sitting well with me because it just you know it it goes back to this conversation that I feel like I always have with D boy. Like, cause D boy has this like you know kind of like this idea of like I don't know about these Christians, man. I'm not just not. I'm just mm-mm. they're this, and then it's like I I I look at your idea of how how you view Christians, and I'm just like, well, shit. I'm kind of on board. You know? <laughs> the way I'm seeing viewing Christians like just all around this world, I'm even in our own backyard, I'm just like, well, I'm right behind you. Like, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I'm throwing in my towel. <laughs> Buddha was good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like okay. I'm about to throw, but it's it's just very difficult to um to just see someone not only that you know being you know, being a Pacific Islander, he's right. like just. Like very ignorant and insensitive to like his platform to the people and just to I don't know like his followers. I, he's just not at a he's not apologetic about anything. Right. Yeah, at all. It's embarrassing. Like I'm on a Facebook uh, group called um, LGBTQ um, people of color, mm. and just they share about him a lot. Just like talking hella shit, but. Is there a lot of PIs on there? Um, or is it just too many? It's, it's just like, queer folks yeah, in general. Folks. Talking, oh, wow. Okay. But oh, um, wow. it's just embarrassing, you know, like there aren't too many Polynesians on that, you know, in that group. Uh-huh. And so everyone's like sharing, you know, just calling them all sorts of names. And right. usually like any other poly, I'd be like, kind of, you know, go to bat for them. But him, right. I'm like, God damn, I just got to like, scroll past it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to engage in the conversation. <laughs> He's getting what he yeah, deserves, you know, just... I mean, ha- having your beliefs is one thing, right? I mean, you could right. be anything. You could be Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, non—you know, just non-affiliated. But your views or, or your beliefs, rather, should not be at the cost of somebody else's uh, oppression. Exactly. Right. It should not discriminate against others, especially like <laughs> when Christianity itself is centered on like. God's love, right? right yeah. Uh, for all, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I mean, I got I got family who are Christians, and they don't they don't believe in like how they how they call our identity as a lifestyle, right? It's not necessarily a lifestyle. Um, it's just who we are, but like they don't agree with it, and it's like that's okay, you know, because you don't have to agree with it. But when you start to disrespect me and discriminate against me because of it then that's the problem right you know what i mean and so just this shit with izzy is like it's just i wouldn't it's not shocking it's not surprising to me that he has such so much support because there are so many people who are homophobic right right yeah just afraid of uh Queer, queer people because they have these ideas and these notions of like, yeah. oh, they're, you know, they're sick or they they equate us with like pedophiles yeah. and they equate 
equate us with like uh what's that like folks who that beast bestiality shit or bestiality right. what, I don't know what the fuck that shit's <clears throat> called bro. Yeah. I you know, and just to add to the frustration of like Izzy, you know, when I see um just people that is well respected in our community like um Tofinga from Laughing Samoans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he had he commented hearts, you know, in his in one of his posts. And, I, you know, it's like, Bex, don't judge. <laughs> Bex, don't go there. You still, you know, don't do nothing, you know, because I'm just like, how, what are yeah. you doing? Like, like, I think homophobia is, like, so real in our community. In our community. Like, yeah, especially Psalm 1's, like, the whole Elton John's um, Rocket Man being banned from Psalm 1. Like, Bruh. Like, like, Talk about em- that. <laughs> right. Like, it's so embarrassing as a gay someone to like for your motherland you know like make those kind of decisions to like censor gay life out of like media that's yeah it's embarrassing yeah that is embarrassing (laughs) that's embarrassing it's very hypocritical you know yes i mean there's so many layers to to say about like how queerness shows you know shows up in in our community in our island but then i I also struggle with calling it queerness because it's it's not what we know queerness to be here, right? right Which right. is like um, the the Fafafingi community right. in Samoa, yeah, right? Yeah. Like they really are the the advocates out there. For yeah, <laughs> right. right. And, and they've ex- like that, like those um, women have existed in our in our um, community pre Christianity, right. right? Right, and so it's not. It's not what we know to be now is like this Western fight of uh, queer identity right. that has always existed there. Yeah. But what has, and it's not really, it, it is, it is like a shame, like puts a shame a little bit, but it's also ex- very accepted there. Right. In Samoa. It's, it's like this. Yeah. It's like this interesting kind of dance there, right? Where it's like accepted, but they're not really accepted. Right. But to see like two cis gay men exist is mm. is like forbidden, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. So it's just interesting that they would they would ban that Elton John movie from yeah. being shown. But then again, not surprising. Like, yeah. not, damn, not, y'all not really surprising at all. Y'all really that ignorant? I mean, they fucking letting people get away with all kind of. Uh, sexual and domestic violence. They letting dudes <laughs> walk free. <laughs> Oh, 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 we dropping Thank names. We dropping names. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's so much I'm of that. There's so much of that scandal. <laughs> Somewhere in Seattle. Oh, my gosh. Be on the lookout. <laughs> Save your soul. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, let me re- let me try to, like, kind of rephrase what I, or just fix up what I, what I meant by talking you know, talking about Tofinga because I'm not trying to bring him down and I'm not trying to say that he needs to pick sides or whatever but I feel like once you have a public platform Mm -hmm. you just have to be very careful yeah Yeah, mindful and sensitive and and I don't know it's like we're I'm not even at a place where where I feel like we are that big as far as like Platform wise, but I'm still very sensitive in what I say mm-hmm. and try to be. And when somebody catches me, oh shit, I got it. You know, it's like <laughs> a quick shift, you know, and it's like, I don't know, it, 
I had to just do some self-checking. Like, man, you know what? Tofinga has a right, you know, to feel some type of way. But it's like... Well, did Tofinga platform. put those hearts on, like, a post that was... Oh, yeah. It was a post with um, that was in response to his um, his uh, GoFunding or his crowdfunding, mm. you know, and, and the reason why he was doing it. And he's, like, basically talk, just saying that I still stand on my faith and I still believe that sin is sin and whatnot. And... There goes those hearts, and it's like, mm. you know, the hearts can mean a lot of things. So, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm not going to look too deep in it. It's just, it was just a shock factor for me. I'm just like, man, Tofina, I don't, I, you know, I'm just really, I was really just kind of struggling with that. And it really opened my eyes to just be very careful, like, with all three of us. Like, you know, whether you're on a, have a, a big platform or no platform or just a small platform, it's like, just be sensitive, you know, to what you say mm -hmm. and where you say it, you know, because yeah. not everything is can be translated the same, especially when you're typing it out, you know? I think what's discouraging in this in this whole uh, story is that, like, so much money was poured into 1. him. 1.5 mil. Right. And, and beyond, like, he had to put a cap on it. Like, don't give me no more, uh, even though... Within a month. Even mm -hmm. though people probably want to give more. Yeah. But it just shows that, like, people are willing to stand behind these types of beliefs yeah. and pour so much money into it when there's... Money that's needed to to do all kind of other work, right? To fund, you know, to put towards homelessness, right? Mm -hmm. Just to, it could be put towards scholarship. It could be put towards a lot of shit, exactly, right? There's a lot yeah. of these things out here where they need they need support, they need funding, and people just ain't fucking with it. But with for this to help Falau with his legal fees because of being kicked out of the NRL. Because of his uh, bigotry, really, is what it is. Like, okay, they're funding his <laughs> Absolutely. bigotry. Absolutely, it's like, damn, that 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 really is the world we live in, you know. So it's all fucked up. That's some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Is he for loud? Just I don't know about that. I don't know about that form. Yeah. All <laughs> this to say, is he for loud? You are a form dog. <laughs> you have been formatized. You formatized us. <laughs> we are formatized by you. And on that note, we're going to pop that. Pop, pop this other motherfucker. One time. Oh, man. All right, let's move on, y'all. Yes, please. You got any I feel eyes? like David has like it's at the tip of his tongue about some stuff about Izzy. So you got any last shit, any last thoughts? You want, any Please last move. Thoughts? Send send Izzy a, a message. What you really want to say to that motherfucker? He's getting dude? an email. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna hit him up in his DMs, okay? You know, it's just for me. It's always like the motherfuckers who are the loudest and got the most shit to say. You. Probably he's probably curious, right? right? Okay, some self hatred you're projecting there. Uh, okay, he probably got drunk a few times and you know had a little fun here and there with a baby boy. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on to the ICU. Y'all got some yeah. ICUs this week? Who y'all been paying attention to? Um, my ICU is um, Taltia. She's uh, out in San Bernardino. It's actually my sister. <laughs> nice. Okay, shout out to... Uh, what's her name again? Um, Vi Mataltia. Vi Mataltia. Um, she started a nonprofit about two years ago now called the Young Samoa. Uh, Samoa being an acronym for Serving All Mankind, Our Lofa. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Say that for the people in the back. One more time. It's um, 
the young Samoans serving all mankind our lofa. Oh my God, <laughs> baby girl, that's the one, baby boy. <laughs> and um, she um she works with um at risk and disadvantaged youth in San Bernardino, specifically um, Polynesian Pacific Islander youth. Wow. Um, yeah, she's right now doing a program. How large? How large is the population there in San, San Bernardino? So, um, I think we PIs. Made, um, she recently did a a survey, and um, we make up a good thirty percent of the. <laughs> wow, there is hell of yeah. Samoans in San Bernardino. Oh wow, just uh, PIs in general, right? Like a big Tongan community there. Yeah, too. but there's not too many community based organizations that are like really. Um, targeted or you know trying to service specific like polynesian and people of the ocean <laughs> and so um she's doing a program right now for um it's a free lunch program and um she's Come offering ngangana samoa classes so. hey <laughs> that's what's up so yeah uh Tia, i see you hey we see you Tia. thank you right. for uh doing that important work that uh that heart work, that community work, because I, I think it's so important for us to create those spaces, especially um, those cultural spaces, right, yeah. where we can rekindle and and really celebrate ourselves and our culture, and especially our language, because that's something yeah. that we always oh my God. are very vocal about that yeah. is being lost, right? And we need those who have it. She works with at-risk youth? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> We need to go take a trip to San Bernardino, <laughs> visit, right. collab. Yeah. Shout out to Vi. Uh, my ICU this week, it goes out to my girl, my sis, Jean Melisaine, mm. um, who recently got accepted to USC School of Cinematic Arts. Really? Yep. Awesome. Yep. In the production, in the production program, which is huge because even when I applied to USC, I wanted to, uh, my first choice was production. And my second choice was the critical studies um, program, which I ended up majoring in. Um, but they always say that the production uh, major is hard to get into. Mm. And so I just really want to highlight Jean because she's been talking about it for the longest, about going to SC, going to the film school. And she's she's just a dope artist over, overall, right? She She got photography skills. She got film skills. She... She does acting, poetry, music. She's just all around jack of all trades. And I'm That's just so dope. proud of her and so excited that there's another PI, Samoan, American, queer uh, filmmaker yes. that's going to go through uh, USC yes, School Lord. of Cinematic Arts. So, all of that to say, Jean Melisaine, I, I see you. you. Welcome to the Trojan family, sis. Hey, fight on. <laughs> Woo-wee. I just love talking about our people yes, doing Lord. big things. You know, it's big as, as embarrassing as Izzy Folau is, we have so many people to celebrate. Um, and true. especially so many queer people to celebrate. Mm. So in your face, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got our PI queer folks out here doing big things, right? And it's really... It's really special to have you here with us today, David. Yes. Um, again, this is really, you know, a platform that Bex and I wanted to create for this very reason, right? Mm -hmm. To have mm -hmm. our folks on here and just start the conversation and chop it up. And uh, earlier disclosed with us, um, you know, you're, 
where you're from and what ethnicity you are and your pronouns and also your status, right, right as, a, as a queer man. And so I just want to give this opportunity for you to share your story and and we'll chop it up. Okay. So yeah. um, like I said earlier, um, I have been living with um, HIV AIDS for, or I was diagnosed in uh, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my... Um, I guess interaction with other Samoan gay men, usually like on apps and stuff, hasn't been like the most positive. Mm. Um, I think it's HIV AIDS is so stigmatized in our own um, Samoan community. Um, usually they'll, uh, I'll get a random Samoan guy <laughs> on the app hit me up and tell me like, you shouldn't disclose that. Like, why are you even putting that? Or you know, like, mm. um, so just to just to be clear, so you um, you put it out there that you yeah, have that, I feel uh, like it's for me, it's a responsible thing to do to right always disclose. Um, of course, it's you know, it's completely up to the person. <laughs> like, mm. but um, yeah, for me, it's something I feel like if I'm gonna be out here, you know, like. Being a hoe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah. hey. I'm going to be out here hoeing. Um, I'm going uh. <laughs> like, to need everyone to know. Like, make okay. that informed decision for themselves. Okay. Because um, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, it was a sexually uh, contracted. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few ways you can catch it. There's, um, or common ways is sexually um through intravenous drug use or um, just um, bl- exposure to um, infected blood or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my way was sexually contracted. Um, yeah, I've, I think some common misconceptions people have are that it's a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Um I definitely, I definitely am guilty of having that, yeah, that misconception. Yeah, and even when I was first diagnosed, well, I guess I'll just tell the story of how it happened. Yeah, um, it was kind of funny, and I remember the exact date was um, eleven or November thirteenth, two thousand fourteen. My brother and I were out in Long Beach where my dad was staying. Uh And we were in the Gaberhoods, and they had the um, the Gaberhoods. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Izzy? Okay. The Gaberhoods. <laughs> we seen you over there, Izzy. <laughs> 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 no. We went bar hopping, and outside of one of the bars, um, they had the AHF um, mobile testing stations. Or mm. AHF is a AIDS healthcare foundation. Okay, mm. and um. I just thought it was, I was drunk, and I was with my brother and my cousin. I was like, hey, we should get tested. Like, my dumb ass. <laughs> yeah, it ended up being like, um, they tested negative, and um, they're like, uh, sir, we need to talk to you. <laughs> like, mm. it, you know, like, took a turn for the worst. Like, You got sober real quick. Yeah, though. I was like, wow, there went my buzz. No. Oh, my okay. gosh. And, how, um, how did you react to Receiving that news? Not well at all. Like, I mean, you know, already being under the influence, I would not suggest that to anybody. <laughs> like, to get tested um, while, tested while under drunk. the influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get tested while while drinking. Yeah. That night was 
a nightmare. I mean, mm. I had, I got out of the van. Um, they took me into the van to run a, another test. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, yeah, it's confirmed. Like, you have HIV. And um, usually, um, I don't know if you guys have any experience getting tested, but you usually kind of know by how long it takes. <laughs> like, if it's a quick, you know, in and out, you you know you ain't got nothing to worry about. But if they're holding you in there for a while, then mm. they're usually trying to give you treatment options and, like, oh, wow. resources. They plug you in right away. Right. And that's what they were doing, but I felt like it was I was not hearing it. <laughs> I was just like, You're in a, can I go? A daze. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I say that night, but really it was that whole... That whole year, um, two months later, um, I had my appointment to see, my first appointment to see the HIV doctor or specialist. And um, it was like, it was around, um, it was like a month later, really, because I knew, I know it was around the holidays. And um, the HIV specialist was like, um, Merry Christmas. You're not just HIV positive, you have full blown AIDS. So, um, and the way that they classify you as um, your diagnosis as AIDS is uh, there's two ways. If your CD4 count or your T cell count, those are the um, cells in your immune system that help fight off infections. Uh-huh. If it reaches below um, 200, um, you're considered, you know, to have AIDS. Mine it moves was, from HIV to AIDS. Yeah. Okay. And so mine was at 195 when I was first um, <clears throat> diagnosed. And so, yeah, the specialist, you know, disclosed to me, like, your AIDS. Like, it's mm. not just HIV. And um, the other way that you find out is, I mean, your diagnosis moves from HIV to AIDS is if you have an opportunistic infection. So that <clears throat> could be another STI, STD. Um, and I also had that, so I was like, "Yeah, you for sure have AIDS." <laughs> like, Shit. um, but I've gotten on medication. Like, medication does wonders now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So when I first started off, my viral load, uh, your viral load is how much um, within your blood, um, how much of the the infection is within your blood. <laughs> And um, your CD4 count, those are the two main things that you want to manage. So you want your viral load to be low, but your CD4 count to be high. Mm. Um, When I first started, my viral load was high and my CD4 count was really low. Um, Mm. And just being on treatment for the past four, almost five years, um, I've brought in my viral load way down i'm undetectable and um my cd4 count uh, last i checked was um it was five five fifty so <laughs> it's, it's building up there okay yeah. and um another misconception is people don't know the whole um undetectable uh status um like i said that means when your viral load is so low that in um when you do a test it may show up that you know there is no hiv within your system and so um yeah my viral load is undetectable if you are undetectable 
there's still studies on it, but they say that it's um, untransmittable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... So untransmittable, meaning that y- you you won't be able to... Are you, The chances are lower of passing it on? Right. Okay. Right. Man, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like what you're giving us a lot of the science, which is really good, right? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm super just on hush mode because I'm like absorbing all of this yeah. information, you know, and thank you for putting this on. Yeah. Yeah. David, um, just really quick, like from the day that you discovered, which would, I don't know, like, was it the two months like later or like the day that you went and got tested? Like, but how was it for you as far as like acceptance, like emotionally, how right. was that for you? Yeah. And so we, um, I go to an um, HIV or living with HIV support group um, hosted by an organization called True Evolutions. And we talked a lot about, you know, um, dealing with grief mm. and having HIV. And I think it, um, the way I always understood grief, I thought that it was a linear. <laughs> I didn't realize it was like. Dabda. <laughs> it's nonlinear. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> You could, you know, go back and forth between stages. Mm. Like, right, right. But um, for a long time, I stayed. Um, I still do stay within the bargaining okay. uh, stage of it. You know, just. What do you mean to, bargaining bargaining stage? Just the whole DABDA. Yeah, with. Um, What's DABDA? It's. it's um, go ahead. The. You could. the um, it's the five uh, stages of grief, uh, denial, uh, anger, anger, bargaining, bargaining, acceptance. No, depression and acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank, you. yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I, I think that's where I try to stay with it. And it has driven me to, with just bargaining, what I mean by that is, um, like, um, I can't accept that this was just, like there was a higher meaning to it, you know. Like, yeah. Um, like going back to the Rumi quote, like, mm. you know, I, I'm trying to find where that light is, like, nice. where it's hitting yeah. this wound. Mm. Right. Um, right. Done a lot of advocacy work uh, within my community, just, um, especially in relation to healthcare and making it more accessible to, you know, um, people who are on, um tight financial um, situations. Just, I really believe that knowing your status is, like, super important. And, right. you know, mm-hmm. having health coverage is really important. Now, I have a question. I think going back to what Bex was asking in terms of, like, that whole period of accepting, like, what were you going through when you first found out? Did you jump right into these spaces and this and becoming this advocate like yeah what was that period like where you found out Mm -hmm. and until the point of where you started to like find purpose right to find the light within this wound so i i stayed depressed for a very very long time that first year Mm. especially yeah um i felt like it was just one hit after another um like, you know, you go from hearing it's just HIV and then not knowing too much about HIV 
into full-blown AIDS. And mm. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to die. <laughs> like, but, right, because that's, that's the biggest misconception, right? Is yeah. that like it's... Like you said, it's the death sentence, yeah. and you just think of someone like being sickly and yeah, in and hospital. Um, just my experience in healthcare. Um, I started off in working for hospice company, you know, um, end of life care, mm-hmm. uh, and um, being exposed to like people um, in the end stage of HIV. It was like those images you know I, I felt like i was able to keep a healthy distance from that work mm. and then when i found out i was hiv positive it's like especially the medication they initially had me on one of the side effects was um nightmares and oh, wow. so Shit. like i would have this recurring dream of this one patient in particular that i um did a ride along with the chaplain giving um this patient was dying of aids and um, I had to do the ride along to get certified and start working um, at the hospice company. And I kept having this recurring dream when I first started uh, my medication um, of just being that person, <laughs> like hearing, mm. you know, the last rites prayer. Or it was, yeah, it was a lot of depression. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I started making amends with people I held grudges with like there's something liberating about you know like right right like I felt I found this peace with it knowing like still you know having this misconception that I was gonna die soon like Mm. um, you know my time was coming soon like I didn't want to leave the world with anybody any enemies (laughs) so I made a point to um, just reach out to people I hadn't talked to in a while wow. um, that I fell out with and um, just make sure that, you know, they knew we were good. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then I, I've always worked in healthcare and I was at a place when I first was diagnosed where... Um, I was kind of complacent with my job. I didn't really care for a promotion or <laughs> like, but um, the more I started to experience how hard it was to um, get into treatment, like, you know, I have the, I, when I was diagnosed, I felt like, damn, there's this big urgency to like, I need to see a doctor right away. Mm. And just, you know, going through like the logistics of setting my appointment up and like how long I felt like it was taking, like, a month was way too long for me, you know, right, I'm yeah. trying to get in like the next day to see a specialist. Mm. Like, why is it taking so long? And just being given the runaround and knowing, you know, from working the back end of healthcare, like, damn, those are the same excuses I give people, to, you know, like just bullshitting them. Like, I know you can like, you can put, you know, expedite this request. Like, why is it taking so long? And um, I started taking my job a lot more seriously after that, like, realizing that like in whatever aspect of healthcare you work in like you ultimately are you know playing a hand in like preserving somebody's health so like it's a serious thing that like if you're so jaded by the work or if you can't realize that like the name on a chart or you know the name on an authorization is like an actual person needing help like 
needing, you know, access to some type of care, then you just shouldn't be in healthcare. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I started doing member ad or um, patient advocacy work um, at LA Care, and you know, like I said, I, when I first found out, I was so complacent at my job. I was just <laughs> good. I was like, you know, I'm making good money. I'm good where I'm at. Like, yeah. And after, you know, with my own experiences. I just felt like I had to do more. I had to keep mm. speaking out. Like That's right. people need help. They need access. And like without even intentionally like doing these things for like a promotion or <laughs> like I kept moving up within the company. Wow. And wow. yeah, so it was like this status or this, you know, HIV diagnosis was like kind of a blessing in disguise. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Um even when it comes to dating, like, um, I feel like it plays a buffer. You know what I mean? Like, the people that it's not that aren't okay with it, or you know, that aren't educated, aren't about you know HIV is, or who find it like gross or nasty. Like, it's fine with me. Like, it just means to me that they're not the one for me. You know, mm. right? Like, it plays. That I see buffer. what you mean yeah. about like being a buffer. Yeah, so people are not mature enough to yeah, and then they're to just, deal with that. Yeah, weren't meant to be. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think because uh, I definitely want to. Uh, we, we definitely want right. to go there. Yeah. Um, but I think a question I have, even just about like your experience with finding this out and with um, being in a depression, I I'm a I'm assuming that like you saying that you're definitely trying to stay within that bargaining stage right. is like that depression can still yeah still exist right even currently what like what where did you find support during this this period like who was there for you did your when did you come out to your family about uh were you already out as a queer as a gay man or yeah so you're already out as a gay man so um I describe it as um, another closet, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so pretty much my whole family knows. My dad doesn't. Um, but it was... I, I wasn't scared to tell my siblings and um, my twin brother especially... He's also gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's another conversation we'll have. But it was just... The double mint twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... And it's... You know, I've always had that comfort of having um, my brother, like my twin brother, or like the best of friends. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and um, him being gay too, it was our come out, you know, of the closet story was a bit like way different from... You know, most gay people because we had each other. Like, yeah. If that's special. Yeah, and like if nobody else, we we looked at it like, fuck it, we're just gonna come out like to the whole family, and if they're not okay with it, like we still got each other. <laughs> so, that's right. Yeah. See, I always wish I want a tweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but was it? Did did you go up to your brother first and say, hey, I think I'm or. I think I'm gay. Or did he come up to you? Or did you just both look at each other and be like, bruh, we're gay. <laughs> Bitch, you gay. <laughs> <laughs> what you want? Bitch, you it gay. It's so <laughs> funny because 
like, okay, so I don't know if you guys know what cruising is. Yeah. So I've never done it, but I've uh, heard of. I, I thought that was just like what white people did. Well, did everybody I don't cruise? Even know what cruising is. <laughs> cruising is just go looking just for some like ass. Oh. I don't do it anymore. What's cruising? <laughs> 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 cruising. Now we got the apps. I know. Yeah. Okay. What's cruising for those Grander. who may not know? What is cruising? <laughs> <laughs> Siri, do you know? <laughs> so cruising is just um, it's usually done at like rest stops or parks, uh, public places where gay men um, usually go to hook up, have sex, and mm. bushes. <laughs> The wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Bushes, yeah. <laughs> mm, all up in the bush. <laughs> so, Which yeah, one? Usually, like, and we were passing by, like, you know, the rest areas, and like, on your way here. Yeah, I mean, no, I wasn't cruising. Baby boy, I always just turn the app on. Pass by the- <laughs> <laughs> Many of these <laughs> GPS. Please turn left to the GPS. Bush. Find me the nearest good D. But um, yeah, I always assume you know at the crowded rest stops that men are just cruising there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in that. Um, I don't know if you guys watched something about Mary where he, he pulls yes. over to like take a piss and like all the gay men are like running away. Like, <laughs> He trips over some naked guy, and yeah, but that's pretty much what cruising is. Uh, but we came out to each other. Well, I came out to him because I had had a bad experience when I was in high school. I was cruising, and um, I came home and I told my brother about it. And I was like, I'm just gonna tell you, you know, like I'm gay, and this happened. It was like a yeah, but you know, I'm like, I was waiting for him to like disclosed to me like i'm gay too but he was like oh okay well and so i was like so are you gonna you're gay too right (laughs) (laughs) why did you think that your brother was gay too or you just had had you always Um, assumed yeah i had an inkling about it yeah i think that that twin telepathy yeah yeah, you know i just knew (laughs) that twin telepathy and um we always like especially with our brothers and stuff um we're i have five brothers and one sister so there's a and lot where do y'all fall? Are y'all the eldest? Uh, we're the youngest. Oh, the youngest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was one way that they always, you know, like sibling bullying was they'd usually call me and my brother gay or <laughs> mess around like that. But yeah, my brother, he's been the most supportive. Um, when I first was diagnosed, I didn't even drive. So <laughs> he mm. would, um, yeah, he would have to take time off of work. He'd take me to all my appointments. Um, you know, I didn't have the money for my medication. He's usually the one that's like, I'll get it for you. <laughs> like, don't even trip. Mm. Like, yeah, so he's just always been my biggest supporter. <laughs> your rock, huh? Yeah. Okay, so, then I see you. I see your sister and Daniel. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Daniel. I see you. I see you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Not kidding. Oh. <laughs> Two Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> and David. <laughs> All the D's. All the D's. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so. That's so David was one of your, of course, your biggest supporter. That's your brother, your twin. Yeah. And your family was, your family was receptive? Did they um, yeah. comfort you? Did they? Yeah, for the most part, um, 
it's it's something like we just kind of comb over still, but mm. the one I'm probably probably the most open with is my twin brother. Um, the other ones, they just it's not something they like to talk about. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we're just you come from generally a- an avoidant like family. Very like pesky, we yeah. will <laughs> fight and then like <laughs> we'll like separate won't talk for like a month or two then we'll be back around each other like mm. we didn't just get into a big ass fight right <laughs> no closure yeah no just... settling scores and things yeah do you come from a traditional Samoan family yeah so um the way i describe my childhood is um once were warriors if they were church going folk <laughs> so, oh lord is alcohol still involved too um not so much with, uh, yeah, we all drink, but um, not it like it was when we were growing up. Yeah. I think we all, as adults, live to, like, not repeat those same mistakes like our parents made. Right. But, um, yeah, that was, that's another thing is I have a violent temper, so. <laughs> And, uh, I can identify with that. <laughs> <laughs> that resonates with me. Yeah. <laughs> and it sits well with my soul. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so weird because, like, um, me and my twin, okay, so I always said that, you know, growing up in a violent household and that's what made me have my anger. But then, you know, in comparison to my twin brother, he's the complete opposite. <laughs> like, He's, he's always telling me, like, why don't you use your words? Okay, I use my hands, bitch. <laughs> I know. You talking and I'm I'm punching already. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. yeah, we same it you know, goes with that whole nature versus nurture. Like yeah. mm. really what was it? Because I thought it was nurture that made me the way I am, but yeah, just <laughs> working on not avoiding triggers. <laughs> like, yeah. So have you and your brother ever like crushed on one person like the same person and that's always been our twin code is we don't fuck or um or get into relationships with each other's exes Mm. yeah Yeah. but um it was kind of hard because i've always been pretty open sexually um I was like really into the whole hookup culture when, mm. especially when the apps first came out. Okay. <laughs> your turn, your turn, your yeah, turn, your turn. Like, How many can I get tonight? <laughs> I break records, you know. Okay, we got we got the whole scoreboard. We trying to. Uh... <laughs> and so, like, and you know, we had this code, and it kind of, like, my brother would be like, "Oh, I'm talking to this guy," and I'd be like. I fucked him. Oh. Baby boy. Baby boy. You're you're two seconds too late. So that murder fuck kill was real. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, like, and especially since it's such a small, smaller community out, you know, in San Bernardino, you know where we're at. So like, everybody knows everybody. And like, it was. You'd always tell me, like, can you just calm down on like cooking up some? <laughs> like, can you I leave really some for like the you. rest of us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I think um, something I wanted to take a step back and ask is you know, I know we're talking a lot about 
um, you living with with AIDS. Mm-hmm. But how was it? How was it for you coming out? Just just uh, as being gay, like you shared with us about how you came out to your brother, but like how 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 did you get to a point where you knew like yeah I'm gay, and how did you how did you handle that coming up? So. Um, um it took me a long time to learn that um the kind of validation i was looking for by like being out there and you know sleeping with as many people as i can yeah um it's not healthy or it wasn't healthy um but um when i first i would say accepted that i was gay um, and it's funny that you mentioned, is there, was her name Jeannie or, um, Jean, Melis- yeah, Jean. Jean Melisande. Yeah. So there's something she said in the Psalm one queer lives, you know, the book, um, about just feeling like you're bad, you're going to hell anyway. So I'm going to just like, mm. she like made that reference. Like I'm going to just ride this motherfucker till the wheels fall. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. And so, right. like, you know, I grew up in church and was when the the homosexuality would come up in church, it was always like a sin and right. you know just inundated with these messages yeah. of your, that's wrong. Yeah. And so that's my approach to coming out or to coming to terms with being gay personally, you know, just within myself was well, I'm going to hell anyway, so like Yeah. I'ma just do the most. I'ma have I'ma have fun until I'm <laughs> yeah. out. And then um was your, were your family pretty religious? Um, yeah, like, not so much my siblings. Like, we all left the church um, as we gotten older. Mm. Um, and I just, I don't know, like, growing up in a Samoan church, it just made me lose faith in organized religion. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't think you need a church. Or to me, it's not necessary to maintain my faith. Um, but yeah, we were really scared to tell my brothers, especially, um, my older brother right above uh, me and my twin brother, Mm -hmm. because growing up, he was our biggest bully, (laughs) Mm. be the one that always called us faggot or gay or, but he, he was the one that would go to bat for us too. Like, especially in school when we'd be bullied, I would just tell him and he'd go, like, he gets suspended for... He got suspended, like, twice for, you know... Fucking people love Yeah, huh? you know, I'm... Uh, it's that whole idea of, like, I can do that to my brothers, not y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we came out to him, I think that was his biggest thing, was he felt like, you know, he was... Protected us, and he, he got into some legal trouble, too. <laughs> like, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, but his whole thing was, like, I protected you guys, you know, like... You guys have been lying to me this whole time. Like, you guys are gay. Like, so he had to deal with that, you know. On his own. Yeah. We didn't talk for, I think, two or three months. Um, but we're good now. Like, he named his son after me. <laughs> like, oh, that's what's up. But um, my other brothers, um, coming out to them, my older two brothers, they were fine with it. Um, they just choose to they told us out of sight out of mind pretty much wow yeah yeah like you said a very avoidant yeah yeah Uh, my sister though she's like my second mom 
Um, <laughs> she's like the matriarch too <laughs> yeah. of the family. So, like what she says goes. She's the oldest. Um, she helped us come out. Um, we came out to her f- first, and she was like, "That doesn't mean nothing." <laughs> like you know, oh, that's she's so. always been supportive of us. Um, yeah, she's. I really love just. Like how you're talking about it, you're just constantly saying we, 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 right? Yeah. It's like you have your brother yeah, and it's with yeah. you to yeah. do this with. Yeah. You know, that's so special. Yeah. I really, I really admire that. Um, and thank you just for sharing that piece with us. I think with, uh, with just everything that you've expressed so far, mm-hmm. um, even with, how you've come to terms and how you're doing a lot of advocacy work around not just um, sharing your story, but also with like access to healthcare and things like Mm -hmm. that. Right. Like what really, what, what drives you to be such an advocate, right? Cause you could just not, just not be right. And you could just live your life and, live your best life like why or what has been your motivation to be such an advocate i think it's partially been um you know going back to the whole bargaining stage like Mm. where i feel like i i dwell in this you know I, i will not i can't accept this unless i know that it happened for a reason or you know and i think the reason for me is so that I can become an advocate, so I can nice, speak yeah. on it and like educate others about you know HIV and AIDS, and um, yeah, that's it's partially that, and then the other part is my own experience in trying to get access to you know get on a treatment plan. Right. There's even recently, you know, like I switched companies or um, started a new job. And, you know, I've been with Ellie Care um, for all those years. I found out I was positive while I was still working there. And so, you know, I had everything set up. My, I had my HIV doctor. My like, I was good to go where I was. And then I didn't factor in, like, oh, shoot, you know, I'm, my coverage is going to lapse. And I'm going to, like, right, start right, a new, yeah. like. And so... Yeah, I just hated getting the runaround, like, giving the same answers that I would give people when they'd call and, like, uh-huh. need help with, like, like, oh, why hasn't my referral been, you know, like, processed and just telling them, you know, giving them some bullshit excuse when, you know, it really only takes, like, a day or two for um, your health plan or your insurance provider to really, like, process, like, look over documentation and make sure, you know you your referral is approved and that it'll be covered but some of them take or we would tell our you know our members or our patients like oh it can take anywhere from six to four weeks like it's just ridiculous and when i started to experience that you know calling my own insurance um i was like damn like it has to change like people (laughs) have to be more mindful that like you're offering care to people that really need it. They would not be calling if, you know. Right, like, right. if they didn't. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's very uh, special that, like, you've turned 
turn that wound, mm-hmm. turn your wound into the light that way, right? Because yeah. yeah. you're not just you're not just doing it because it's like part of your job. It's your own personal experience, right? Right, and I think that's what makes for a good advocates is because mm-hmm. they're speaking from personal experience. Yeah, like like you said earlier, it was a blessing in disguise. You know, <clears throat> getting diagnosed. I kind of want to go to uh, kind of venture off to the, your dating life. Yeah. Does that exist right now? I mean, how is it? How is that the dating scene right now? Um, I know a lot of people um, in the community look at apps like, and really they are, you know, like for finding friends with benefits usually. But yeah, for me, it's been the easiest way to just like right away get it out there you know like Mm. put yourself out there yeah and to just be honest about you know having or what my status is because it's i've been in you know situations meeting guys in bars or like you know where it's not like i have a tattoo or you know like hiv written on my head but there was one guy i can remember um i had met at a bar and i was i really liked him a lot and um, when I told him, you know, I disclosed my status to him, he was like, oh, you know, like, that's not, I wish you would have let me know, like, sooner. And it was mm. like a, um, yeah, it was, he wasn't okay with it. And so now I just try not to do the whole face-to-face, like. Mm. Yeah, because how did, how did you re- react to that or respond? Um, it was upsetting, like. Yeah. Rejection in general is just not Boy. easy to deal with. Okay. <laughs> Especially in face. Yeah. Okay. Sheesh. That's but, one of the hardest things to deal with. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's good and bad to the apps, like I said. And I don't want to generalize, but it has been more Samoan gays who hit me up on the app telling me, like, you shouldn't put that on your, you know, like right. trying to tell me how I should disclose. Right. You, and you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. I wanted to go. I wanted to touch on that. So, I mean, why not disclose that, right? right? Like, that, that's the that's the issue with how this is spreading is because folks are not disclosing, yeah, um, not disclosing their status. And it, I mean, for me, what what comes up for me when you're telling us that a lot of Samoans tell you you shouldn't do that. It's like there's there's such a huge stigma mm-hmm. around around HIV and AIDS, right. and even being able to like be cool with someone or be cool with people with that status, right? Right. To then to then the point of like it's such important work that you do as an advocate, not only for healthcare but just as sharing your story because it's like just you know. It's it's doing a stigma reduction work, right? Right, because you're here, you're existing, you're a human being, you have feelings, you're doing well, right? Yeah, you, you got you doing, you got your medicines and all the shit. That ignorance is just it's it's it still exists. Yeah, you know, and and it's because of like people being unaware, right? Being unfamiliar, not knowing, not hearing from folks, and it's really like, I mean, I understand it though. I mean. Right. Especially, like, so about a year ago, um, one of my brother's friends, um, who's also living with um, HIV, um, we were out, and him and my brother started to, like, 
get real frisky with each other. Okay. <laughs> and I did yeah. not react well at all. I mean, uh. just being protective of my brother and then knowing. And I came off as such a fucking asshole that oh. night. I was like, I already told you I don't want my brother, like, dealing with you. And then I had, like, thrown him being positive. I don't know. It's like. You outed him? No, I just like told. Well, we knew that you know he was oh, okay. positive already, mm-hmm. and I just like kind of threw it back in his face. Like, mm. I don't want my brother dealing with that. I don't want him putting himself mm. at risk. And it was like you know, we've like hashed it out. You know, apologize, and I just it's hard as someone who's like sitting here talking about you know like the stigma, and then like when I really think about it, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. <laughs> like, right, and. There's always a risk, you know, like, but my brother, he told me, like, there's a risk with, you know, even people that think that they're, you know, negative, like, mm-hmm. the risk is just there, like, you didn't That's have true. to do all that. Like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's still something I'm trying to work on, like, mm. yeah. and so I'm, I get, like, why other people are, like, kind of cautious about dating me or, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes total sense because it's still there for me, too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're the one, like, that's living with it and experiencing all of this. I I don't think it was hypocritical of you. I think it was... I understand the protectiveness uh, around it. So, with with dating, though, like, how... what, What do you... What do you ultimately... Because I know he's talking about the whole phase yeah. and is out here being a yeah. home. But, you know, what do you ultimately... Thought life. <laughs> <laughs> what do you ultimately um, want for yourself with the intimate partner? It was like... An, I feel like I'm in a phase right now where I'm just single and trying to get to know myself better. Mm. Yeah. Um, in the support group that I go to, they had mentioned... Um, emotional compatibility mm-hmm. mm. and i'd never even factored that in you know like usually i just go by common ground like if we especially if he has some f- type of creative outlet like that i would you can get it no <laughs> <laughs> but like as far as like and the way they explain emotional you know compatibility was like will they be able to meet you where you're at like Will they want to check in with you? Will they, like, you know, hold you accountable to things that, you know, you said that you are going to do? Like, mm-hmm. But I didn't even think that, like, that never played a role in any of the relationships I've been in. Mm-hmm. I kind of just, like, learned when we were, like, already fully into, like, in a relationship that, mm. like, damn, we are not emotionally compatible. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm either too sensitive or too much of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the extreme of both. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, as far as I'm not looking right now to date. I'm just having fun. Yeah, I've been single for um, I think two years now. Since I've become, or since I found out I was positive, I've mainly dated um, other positive men. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, and even that, like, I'm a real, I can be kind of pushy, like, my last relationship, he wasn't, like, too serious about, you know, staying consistent with his medication, and that was a 
big reason why we ended it <laughs> was because I was like, I'm not your mom. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I should not have to be, like, keep telling you, like, this is something I'm living with, too. And, you know, like, I'm making yeah. the effort to, like, stay, you know, consistent with medication. Like, if you go off of it for a certain amount of time and then try to get back on it, for some people, your body won't react to it anymore. And the meds won't be doing anything for you. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it's just... It, but I do find it, like, easier to date other pos men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm. I have friends that, um, one of them's positive, one's neg. But, um, I don't know how that would work for me. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I feel like it's still risky, but, I mean, people do it. So. <laughs> do you, uh, so do you think that, do you prefer to be with other men who are pos or it really doesn't matter? Um... I think I want to work to say, <laughs> work on myself well enough to be able to, you know, feel comfortable dating a negative person. But as of now, I try to just stick with pause. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I'm still trying to get to that place where I feel like I can date again. <laughs> That's real. It feels like a lot of work. You know what I mean? Hey. Like, you ain't lying. I mean, <laughs> shit. I be. <laughs> I heard. I hear that the hot breath over oh there, partner. <laughs> All them breaths oh you gosh. taking. Turn my mic off. <laughs> no one. I mean, I hella feel that though. This. I hella feel it though, cause shit. You know, people ask like, oh, so you know, what do you, you know, what do you want for yourself? Are you are you with anybody? And I think I'm in the same lane of like mm-hmm. really trying to work on myself. Yeah. But. I think internally or like deep down inside, it's like, yeah, of course, if the situation was right and the individual was like, was able to understand me and what I want and also understand themselves, it could, it could be some, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's just easier to be single, you know, and kind of be in this whole like hookup kind of a culture, which is, a whole another beast in itself, yeah. you know what I mean? Which is dealing with all these, all the fuckery and all these yeah. fuck boys. And I mean, shit, I I could be a fuck boy too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it all weighs down, but I, I hella dig it. You know what I mean? We're all a work in progress. Would it be a disrespectful question to ask, like in the beginning of just meeting someone that you're just kind of feeling like, hey, you know, before? Like, are you, are you HIV positive? Or are you do you have you know like is that a dis- is that something that that cannot be asked? Like in the in the beginning of knowing someone, I'm asking trying to get to so know yeah. Someone? Like, is that like don't I, ask that? Like, I think um, I think when you're in a especially a space with um, gay men, and you know the history that I mean, HIV AIDS was always thought to be a stereotypical gay disease gay man right. disease so, right. like um in that sense like like as you being a you know a female yeah. i think some might see that as like you're like oh because i'm gay like you yeah. know like like that, that it's an assumption but i i would say no like it's always good to ask for clarification you know like, yeah. i mean i don't know if this has happened to you but i know like for me as gay men, right, like, when we're, especially, like, um, going on the apps and shit and mm-hmm. hit messaging people, like, we chopping it up, 
that question does come up, right? Like, yeah. oh, like when was the last time you hooked up? You know, when was mm-hmm. the last time you got checked? Yeah. People mm-hmm. are disclosing it on their profiles and shit. And so, like, it is, like, um, put out there in that sense of, like, you can you can see where folks are if they're disclosing it or not. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of a, a common thing to ask. Because there's okay. a lot of factors to consider when hooking up, right? Yeah. It's like... When was the last time you got some? Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you got tested? Yeah. And that's something that I would never ask, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just you know, just a gay man. Just I would just I was just kind of wondering, like, when you guys are dating someone, uh, like, yeah. do you, is that one of the questions you guys ask, yeah, like, first when you guys yeah. before hookup, like, hey, <laughs> or is it just like after like it's three, definitely three weeks in the conversation. In? Is it yeah. Two days it's later, like, how, like, when does that happen? Yeah, before hookup, like usually right usually before go. they give you their address, <laughs> <laughs> right before they send you the location, <laughs> and then there's also the whole there's also the whole part of like, okay, well, is this motherfucker telling the truth or is this yeah. you know not like it's really it, it's a huge risk, yeah. Yeah. and where and so many of you know so many gay men all over are just taking that risk. Mm. And one thing I do find offensive is. Um, when they use language like I'm clean or, you know, like. Mm. So, so the opposite being dirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so usually if, you know, we're in that part of discussing like our status and all that, or if they haven't checked out my profile, a lot of them will be like, who do hit me up to hook up. It's like clearly stated on my profile. They messages like looked at the thumbnail and then hit me up. But they'll be like, I'm clean. Are you clean? I'm like. I know right away, like, no, this ain't going to work. Right. <laughs> like, next. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe. <laughs> yeah. So, David, mm-hmm. um, I think going back, I want to just touch on this whole stigma, um, the whole stigma with AIDS and everything. I I, uh, I know of, of a young man from our community who... Passed, you know, who passed away, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, it wasn't like confirmed or denied that right. that um, he passed away from AIDS, mm-hmm. right? And it was something that, you know, kind of, well, you know, like everybody's kumumuing under their right. breath about right. and and just saying like, oh well, how did he get sick? You know, how, or how did they get sick so fast and? that small so fast, you know, and really didn't, like, want to do any of the treatment around that and eventually uh, passed, right? And there are folks from the queer community who are, like, having seen that before, they can only deduce the fact that, like, he probably did die from AIDS Uh and didn't disclose anything, right? It's just like, they got sick, um, maybe it was cancer or just, you know, just that whole ordeal, right? And having to deal with this, like, it's a, it's in a, it's a hypothesis, right? Or it's like something that folks are coming, but it's, it's like based on real fact. Mm-hmm. I think I'm circumventing this, this story because you know people's, you don't want to out anybody, right. and you don't want to say something that's not confirmed, but like. How have you seen or experienced um, shame with like mm. 
folks in the PI community or just in general with who the who live with AIDS because you know you know like for you to be here and to share with us and be such an advocate and mm-hmm. and have you know the support that you do there are folks out there who might not or who don't want to just be out there like that yeah. right so i just wanted to ask like what has your experience been and i don't know what comes up for you does that make yeah. i feel like i don't make sense yeah i, I get what you're asking okay uh, i think it's so common within the polynesian community for us to this to be something you know so taboo to speak about you know yeah that like, part um even telling some of my family that I was going to come on here and talk about, you know, they're like, well, are you going to tell them, you know, like, is that Are you going to tell them the thing thing? Yeah. The thing thing? <laughs> and it, it's, I think sex in general has been so stigmatized in our own, mm. okay, our own community that it's, people tie this to A, gay men, mm. B, sex, you know? Right, like, right. And these are two very taboo subjects, like usually in the, especially being Psalm 1. But it's like I've encountered that with, you know, when I was working in the hospice company, there was two, you know, Tongan men. They, same situation, you know, they refused treatment. They refused to acknowledge that they had it. It was a formal diagnosis. Mm. Um, they ended up passing away, but um, you know their wishes weren't to that. That was something disclosed on their death certificate, or you know, right. And so, I don't know. It's so real. That shame is so real. Like mm. to the to death. Yeah, yeah, and it's sad because I don't know. Like it's not something that you have to die from. You know. Like, yeah. And. Like, I totally under, like, there was two um, men that grew up or in the church that I grew up in that, you know, it was the same thing. Like, they were out gay men, and, you know, they were kind of like the ones that did the dances, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> taught dances or, you know, did our alcohol. <laughs> they were the aunties. Yeah. Auntie Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Both. I mean, the same situation that you just talked about, like, yeah, it was so, you kind of started to, there's a stage in AIDS where, um, especially, you know, if it goes um, untreated, where they call it um, the waste away syndrome, mm, where, you know, yeah. you start to get really sucked up and yeah. you're losing um, weight and, but um, it was clearly happening to them, you know, like, and they just refuse to acknowledge it or speak on it, which, you know, it's totally their right, but... And we have to respect that. Yeah. That's the hard part. Yeah, because I think That's it's... the hard part. It's really important that more of us come forward and just, like... It's hard for people to, like, to care about it when they don't know how close to home it really is, mm-hmm. you know? Like, there's people I know that are living with it and who just choose not to you know tell their family or yeah and so i don't know you could be just in sharing you could be preventing you know what i mean exactly so i think more of us should be open about it or at least Mm. open to discussing it (laughs) like it's important Uh, 
Thank and thank you for saying that, and also for saying that it's prevention work to share, right? Because yeah. yeah. it is, you know, like, um, just even sharing the little bit about the story of the of the person who you know recently passed. It's just, it's so hard. It's like one of the hardest pill, pills to swallow because we have to respect yeah. the wishes of that person, right? And like, we can kamumu under our breath all we want about like well it was this or it was that but like we have to respect their wishes whether it's they wanted treatment or not they wanted to live or not and like what you said with the shame Mm -hmm. is real Mm -hmm. as fuck like it is the shame i i i wonder if it's the shame that that puts them in that place where you got one strike against you already because you're gay right Mm -hmm. right then you have another strike against you because you have HIV or AIDS mm-hmm. right. to the point where you feel like, you know what, I deserve this mm. right. because of being inundated with that that um, that teaching of what you're doing, what you're mm. who you are is wrong, it's right. sinful. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't deserve the treatment. I don't deserve the care or the support. I deserve mm. to die alone. And... And it's like, you know, we as people exterior from that don't want that for them. Mm -hmm. We know that there's so many fucking layers that are fucked up about that belief. You know, I mean, even just with us talking about AIDS and HIV, right? Like, I don't feel like we touched on the fact that like this, this virus, this disease is fucking it is it man-made? Right. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Is it? Is it like? Is it um? Is it written like? Is it confirmed that that it was? Because they try to say it's not right. Like they say it's oh, you know, this is the gay man's disease. Yeah, like we like talked so about many earlier. Theories on like, um, I, they say that it didn't start to become visible until the eighties. Is when you know they gave it a name and like. But um, there are some unconfirmed cases they they can trace back to the 1800s where you know like this was going on, but or where people were um, dying from symptoms similar to HIV/AIDS. Mm-hmm. But um, they're not able to confirm like where the starting point for it, like you know how it grew so so fast. Like, yeah, to like a worldwide disease but it's a fucking conspiracy yeah. <laughs> i mean you know they don't like gay you know they felt gay was wrong this is my assumption if they, f- they felt gay was wrong and so they just fucking did some medical shit and try to make it be so that you know just rid the world of this black these blasphemous yeah. <laughs> people i it's i don't know man it's just it's it's crazy and there's so many layers to this shit that right. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of go there because there are so many folks who who, yeah. who do refuse treatment and feel like they got what they deserve. Yeah. Mm. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. I know we're getting close to landing the plane, but one, I am deeply moved by your story. I Absolutely. thank you so much. <laughs> Hella shit. putting us on. I, I, right? I, I was just saying, like, I'm just sitting here just listening, like, 
So everything you have to say, I'm like, oh, I forgot I got to ask some questions. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're over here just, just move. Okay, we're just <laughs> chopping it up, shooting the shit. But, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that your status, you know, you, you see it as a, a blessing in disguise, you know? Because mm-hmm. there's just, there's so many benefits and great things that yeah. came out of it, right? But would you, um, would you change? Would you... Would you go back and change anything with knowing that you have all this and you've reaped all this? I think some days, yeah. You yeah. know, like some days I wish that I could be negative, that I didn't have this, <laughs> like that I wouldn't have to visit a doctor like every three months, you know, <laughs> or like yeah. my, those days where it's like, damn, I got to like work my whole life around this. <laughs> but. Uh. Um, for the most part, I'm a better person. You know, it's it's only enhanced my life. <laughs> like mm. even with all the all the strife I dealt with, you know, like yeah. getting managed. Like I wouldn't wish this on anybody, mm. but I know for me, it it only better my walk to, <laughs> my walk through life. So like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. You know, I ain't a re- I ain't a religious person, but I what I feel in my heart to say to that is amen, you know? Yes. Like, like I hear the fuck out of that. Yeah. I see you, David. <laughs> I see you. I see that I see that bald head over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And hey, that's a real last question though. That is. It's just it's kind of tied into the whole reaction, you know, you said mm-hmm. earlier about your brother and your friend, mm. you know, it's like, yeah, you're an advocate and, and you fight against the stigma around those who live uh, pause lives, but you don't wish this upon yeah. anyone. It makes total sense, yeah. you know? Yeah, any, any, um, anything, like any advice or any, do's and don'ts you want to give to the folks out there who may be listening, you know, who may or may not or come in contact with folks who are positive? I would say um, for anybody that's struggling with their own status or maybe, like, just coming to, trying to come to terms with, like, being positive, <laughs> like, seek help or seek support, you know? <laughs> like, find a support group, you know, a member of your family you can speak with about it. Um, for those who, you know, looking for resources to get tested, it's like as easy as Google searching. You know, like um, you could ask Siri. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so important to know your status. Like you're a person who's walking around having sex, thinking that they're invincible, thinking mm-hmm. that you know they're negative or just assuming their status is way more harmful than a person who Mm. knows that they're positive you know what i mean right it's like Mm. you're running a huge risk like so you owe it to yourself and to society just to know like you know if you're gonna be out there being sexual like know your status (laughs) nice Uh, oh man what a wonderful way to kind of land that plane. <laughs> right. It's very important to know your status. Mm-hmm. And I think 
you know, I think just um, in general, like, what, what would you say would be the appropriate time one should get tested a year? Um, Does it depend on the sexual activity or should you just... It's every six months, so um, it can remain dormant or it can, yeah, be dormant for um, six months after you contracted it. Mm-hmm. So every six months, um, consistently just... I think they even sell a... Um, a at home or take home testing kit that you can just do oh, wow. it yourself. Oh wow. oh wow. Yeah, but there's um once you Sounds you know, like a fucking pregnancy <laughs> test. Can we pee on a stick? Baby <laughs> 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 boy. I gotta go pee pee. <laughs> and you know there's prep too now for yeah. you know, the prevention care. Um I think they're it was just introduced in the state law that um i just read about it yesterday where um prep is going to be covered all forms of um insurance it'll be um covered on every formulary table you know so (laughs) for the folks who may not know what prep is can you tell us what prep is so prep is um it's a medication you would take that um would it's kind of like how do i explain it (laughs) Um, it's an actual HIV medication called Truvada, and um, they realized um, that if you were to take it um, just being a negative, that it lowers the risk of you um, contracting HIV, um, you know, in positive sex or, you know, otherwise. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much a preventative medication option out there. <laughs> Yeah, There's condoms or abstinence, but ain't nobody abstinent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. Okay, we are trying to fuck morning, noon, and night. <laughs> There's so many ways to protect yourself. So like. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen even on people's statuses that they disclose that they're on prep. Yeah. I wonder if there's any. Do you know anybody who's on prep? Because I was wondering if there's like side effects and shit like that. Uh, I'm trying to sign my brother up for it, but he, we just talked about that too um, on our drive up here. I was like, why aren't you on prep? Like, why don't you get on that already? Uh-huh. And he was like, there's like, there are um, cases, um, some cases of um, it affecting your liver or having um, mm. adverse reaction or, yeah, to your liver that some people have experienced, but. Yeah, and you know we already drink me and my brother, so he was like, "I don't know, like my liver is already my like, liver can't take no yeah. more." Yeah. Abstinence, yeah. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. We'll wrap it up. <laughs> oh man! All right, man. I, uh, wish, we can... I wish we can go longer, baby. I, I mean, man, I'm not even aware, fully aware. Like, did we get every? Did we? Did we? Did we lay the the platform down enough yeah. for you to be able to share? I, I think so. And then, like, I'm always open to, you know, if any of you guys or the listeners ever have questions, like, please just shoot me in my Instagram, particularly. I've um, left public because as I've started to share more, um, you know, about living with HIV, I've wanted people to, you know, contact me more. I've, being able to plug in people to 
different resources. Yes. So wow. please do. Like you are a resource. You, know? <laughs> you are. Okay, so let the folks know how they can get in touch with you, David. Um, my Instagram handle is um, No One's Prodigy. That's um, N O, the number one Z Prodigy P R O D I G Y. Um, just shoot me a direct message there. Like I'll respond. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. And for booking arrangements, um, contact for okay. the culture's management. Uh, <laughs> we will. A, I mean, there's really a lot to say about um, folks who share their story because Bex and I, you know, we work for behavioral health and recovery mm-hmm. services and something that we really value in our line of work is lived experience, mm-hmm. right? And the power that is within all of our stories and our experiences that we've lived. And we are just completely humbled and honored and grateful to have you here sharing yourself with us and our listeners um, and just really being educated, um, really hearing your heart, you know, Mm -hmm. and really feeling your, your mana. It's, I'm just, I'm just very grateful for you being here. Thank you guys for Allowing me to be here and like share. Like, <laughs> Thank you no, so much. No, like Dave. we say, you know. You. I mean, you're you know you're one of our most active listeners, and so just right? really, really thank you for your time and your energy and just your openness and vulnerability. Right. You know, it takes a lot. And David is many more things than his status. Right. Okay. Got the ball head going on <laughs> out here, acting up on the apps. <laughs> Ho is life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the ho phase is is active, okay? It's Pride Weekend. (laughs) David, who, who, uh, like, what, what's your type? One more question. What's your type? (laughs) Um, Well, like I said, over even physical attraction, if you got a creative outlet that you, like, nurture and like are actively you know engaged with that is probably the hottest thing i've dated musicians visual artists like the and none of them look alike you know (laughs) 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 really all over the place you really attracted to the creativeness yeah Okay. So so we that means that we're fine, Bex. (laughs) (laughs) You look good. (laughs) (laughs) And this is uh this will be um David's uh anthem song tonight. Okay, I can just play it for you guys real quick. See first I'm gone. Is that that Sasa you tonight? Sasa you tonight. Oh man, you, you, you go ahead and handle this tonight, all right? <laughs> no, how you know? Maybe David wants to be sus. <laughs> <laughs> we can take turns. Oh, we're going to flip flop. He's in the bargaining stage. Sus. Anthem for Pride Weekend. Y'all too much. Y'all too much. All right. Well, as always, before we get up out of here, we like to tap in one last time and say, how are y'all going to take care of yourselves this week? 
Other than sussing somebody. Uh, so I'm going to take <laughs> Sasa and get Sasa. Buy the Ipu Sasa. Totofa. Not for real. How y'all going to take care of yourself? Well, I am going to take care of myself by meditating, of yeah. course. You already know I'm in this whole meditation space, so that's just how I've been taking care of myself lately. Mm. So that's pretty, what I'm gonna do, <laughs> bro. Pretty soon you're gonna be levitating, okay? As much meditation that, as you do, she's gonna be like, "That's the go, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna be up there, with a genie in a bottle, <laughs> baby girl. Light as a feather, light as a feather, as stiff as a board." What about you, David? I'm going to work more on my separation routine from you know separating usually i'll just get home from work and plug up my laptop and get right back to work <laughs> like mm. i really want to work on like building that separation separation ritual um we talked about it in my groups uh support group like just like taking a walk or you know like mm. trying to give myself time to unwind Yes, wind down. That line is so blurred between, like, you know, my own personal off-the-clock time and, like, my actual work time. (laughs) Boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, setting those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, D. (laughs) Okay, D. Okay, D. (laughs) Um, Me. Oh, yeah, my turn. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to take care of myself by just having a good time. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the spirit of joy coming. <laughs> 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 that might just be the mimosas. Like, ah, I'm out. <laughs> hey, you've been wh- having fun out here in San Jose. See, hey. Okay, okay. He used to hate the city. Let me say, let me say, I was very prejudiced to San Jose. I was not fucking with San Jose. I've been out here a few times, and I'm having a Make great. Make a claim. <laughs> Let them know. I'm having a great time, especially showing up because my partner here hey. been trying to get me out for a minute, and it actually has been a good time. I haven't only been, you know, to the bars and stuff, but we also went to your meditation spot. Mm-hmm. You took me there with you, and yeah. just seeing like San Campbell, Jose, hanging out, Campbell with hanging out in Camp- yeah, you know, just just being all in this. The South Bay area, mm-hmm. I guess. Is that what this mm-hmm. is called down yeah, here? South you know, Bay. I don't even know. <laughs> whatever it is. Whatever it is. Okay, whatever it is, you know, it's cool. But no, I really appreciate, I really have grown to um, begin to like San yeah. Jose. Tolerate. I, to- I tolerate it, you know. <laughs> One last plug that I wanted to put out there is don't be fooled because... David just forgot his guitar this time. Oh yeah. Oh. But him, you and your brother, right? Um, just or me. just you. My brother tries. You no, try. No. Ah! Uh, he's the real she one. Tries. No. <laughs> she tried it. Well, Dave, David um, does a lot of. Uh, you share a lot of videos with you singing. Yeah. And, you do a lot of covers. Um. Yeah. Original. Or um. Yeah. I mainly try to stick to just doing my original. Oh wow! Yeah, Come on. It was actually suggested to me by my therapist to get well, my Tom own creative Well, Tom does have a guitar <laughs> somewhere. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Dang it. It was suggested to you by your therapist yeah, to, to to what? Um, I forgot which cathartic. I forgot the name of the term that she used, but uh-huh. just to have that as my own um, way of releasing. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, sorting things out. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always written, and I've always played music. So she was like suggested to me in a session once just to, why don't you just blend those in like. You know, start songwriting and see where, how that goes for you. It's therapeutic. Yeah, it's like free therapy. <laughs> hey, nice. That's something we didn't talk about, but that's cool to know that you're in therapy. Yeah. You know, we just need all the support and all the <laughs> yeah. help we can get, right? We got we to gotta process this yeah. shit. All right, y'all. Yes, it's been great, David. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Thank you, guys. You know, as always, y'all, you can tap in with us on all social media platforms. Well, mm-hmm. really just only. Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram, For the Cultures with the Q and the S. And email. And email us uh, at For the Cultures, or no, For the Cultures with a Q and the S at gmail.com. Tap in with us. Let us know what's up. Don't forget to hit up David. Get in contact with him. Thank you again for being here, sharing your story. Good times. Good drinks. Thank you, partner. <laughs> All these good poopoos out here. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, y'all take care and we'll get up with y'all next week. Mm. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Epi Almavai and Tisha Inc. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture.